Hey guys, welcome to the Makeup Mentor Podcast. My name is Anita. I am your money mindset coach and makeup mentor. This is a podcast where we talk little about makeup and we actually talk all about the business side about being a freelance makeup artist. The beauty industry is a $500 billion industry and we're tapping into it simply just by believing that we can. So if you have the limiting belief that we can't make money in this industry, mm, this podcast is for you. I'm not only going to tell you all the things that I've learned the hard way, but I'm also going to be bringing on the experts in the beauty industry to go over their tips, tricks, strategies, and stories so that you can take your business to the next level. Now, without further ado, let's get right to it. Hi, beautiful soul. Welcome back to the Makeup Mentor Podcast. I am super happy and grateful that you guys tuned in today's episode because it is going to completely shift your paradigm. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear from Chris Harder. So if you guys have been a loyal listener, you've been listening to us since day one, you would know that this episode is actually already out. So it's a recorded call that I did with my personal coach mentor, Chris Harder. But I wanted to give you guys a backstory if you're a new listener to know why this is so important. A quick rewind, my name is Anita Aguilar and I first started out in the beauty industry doing makeup. So makeup was not always my calling. I've always been that friend that just had a million jobs. I've been going from thing to thing, side hustle to side hustle. If there's one thing that I could tell you about myself in general, I knew for a fact at a very, very young age that that I wanted to be a millionaire. And this is something I'm telling you guys, I knew this since I was a little kid that this was going to happen for me. Absolutely no doubt in my whole entire mind. I've always, always known this and seen this for myself. So like I said before, I had always been going from thing to thing, hustle to hustle until I finally found makeup is when I had my first awakening. I wouldn't even use that uh, language or lingo at the time because I had no idea about spirituality. I had no idea about manifestation. So long story short, I finally found makeup and that's when I really started to invest all my time and energy into just doing makeup. And I actually stopped taking all the hustle, grind, extra shifts, all that stuff. And I started to invest my time and energy into learning, into listening to podcasts, into really educating myself about business, about mindset. And that's when I got introduced to Law of Attraction. So to fast forward a little bit, I loved listening to Catherine Zenkina. She talked all things about manifestation. I took her courses. She was the first person that I've ever invested my money into, which was a huge shift for me. But she always talked about Chris Harder. She mentioned Chris on her podcast. Therefore, I started listening to Chris's podcast where he talks about when good people make good money, they do great things. So if you have not checked out his podcast, I actually have it in the show notes for you guys. He is truly, truly amazing and is always, always giving so much value on his podcast. So fast forward a little bit, I invested into Catherine Zenkina's Rich Babe Academy where I learned things all money mindset. And then I invested into her Manifestation Babe Academy. And in this course, we got super clear on the highest versions of ourselves. What does this version of you look like? How does she sound? How does she sit? Who does she hang around? And when she asked that question, getting me super clear on who I would be hanging around, it completely shifted my mindset. I realized that I was trying to help other people come up in the beauty industry, but I wasn't hanging out with anybody who was where I wanted to be. I had some people who were, you know, mentors, you know, the courses were amazing too, because I got to, you know, learn from these people, but I had nobody in my actual reality that was where I wanted to be. There was nobody in my circle that could truly, truly help me get to the next level. So I started to get really clear on the people that I wanted to hang around. And I also started releasing some people who were no longer serving me. Obviously, I was just going through a move. So I left a lot of friends that were no longer serving me back where I was at in Virginia. But at the same time, I just really, really had to get clear on the people that I did want to be around and who I did want to attract. And that is when I listened to Chris Harder's podcast, My Average Routine, and he started talking about this mastermind. It was a Fast Foundations mastermind. It was for anybody that made up to $500,000 in their entrepreneurial business. And I just kept hearing it and hearing it and hearing it over and over again. And it just aligned so perfectly with the people that I wanted to be around. So I put it on my list. (laughs) I put it on my manifestation list and I said it. 
Lord, if this is for me, please give me a sign. And you guys know I'm really big on angel numbers. I see 111-222-333. I had all of the signs, every single sign in the whole entire world. And I was like, no, no, no. I want a bigger sign to know that this is for me. And long story short, I got my sign. I manifested $5,000 in one week. I drove to LA and I got in this room of people who truly changed my life. And I literally don't care how cliche that sounds. I'm telling you guys, every single person in that room, there was about 50 people who joined this mastermind. They're gonna change the world. And one of the things that Chris talks about again all the time is that when good people make good money, they do great things. And when I tell you that there were some good people there, That's just like an understatement. I can't even explain. Like Chris just does such an amazing job at attracting people who are making massive impacts. So when I say this, I mean that every single person in that room, guys, was an expert in something that they struggled with the most. And everyone was just so passionate about teaching other people how to do what they did. How do I teach other people to overcome the struggle that I had? So we had weight loss coaches. I had a manifestation coach in there. We had um, marketing teams, just like every single thing that you could ever possibly think in the, in the entrepreneurial world. There was a person in that room that was an expert in it. And if you go on my social media and you go to the picture of me where I'm on stage and it looks like I am giving this badass speech, I was literally pooping my pants. I felt like every single fluid in my body was gonna come out. I wanted to cry as soon as I grabbed the microphone. And I just felt so uncomfortable. I've never been stretched so far to talk in a room of people, one, but just people who were just making massive shifts. And the thing that I realized is that everybody in that room felt the same way. When we went out to dinner that night, everybody was talking about how nervous they were, how they didn't know what to say as soon as they got on stage. And you know what I started to realize is that these people are no different from me. And I've just had this belief that people with massive success and whatever it is that they were doing just had no fear or that they were just different breed. I just had this huge belief that it wasn't possible for me. And when I started to hang around these people and not only help me debunk this belief that they are just like me, wanting more for their lives and wanting to make an impact, wanting to help, and also wanting to make a lot of money doing it. You know, there's a lot of things that we have blockage on that we don't realize until we start to get around other people who feel the same way that we do. And if I never joined that circle, if I never got around these people, I probably wouldn't be teaching manifestation today. Not even probably. I know for a fact that I wouldn't see the gift that I have teaching people about money mindset and how to manifest your reality if it wasn't for these people. Because when I got around them, they were asking me how to manifest. They were asking me about mindset. And I just didn't quite understand at the time, how does not how does everybody not know about this? And I've just had this deep, deep rooted love for just teaching people how powerful your mindset is and how taking that leap of faith is always, always going to be the right move no matter what. And just... You guys hearing this episode today is just a little, little taste of what I had for over six months during the pandemic because the day that I got back from that mastermind, everything got shut down. (laughs) And I'm telling you guys, if I was not in this group during the pandemic when everything was going to shiz. I would not be where I'm at today, not mentally, not financially, not in my business. I wouldn't have pivoted the way that I I did or even known how if it wasn't for these people. So I'm even listening to this episode over again with Chris and there's just so, 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 so many goodies and I know you guys are gonna get so much out of this episode. So take lots of mental notes. So without further ado, let's get right to it. Chris's podcast, if you guys haven't already listened to it already, it's about when good people make good money, they do great things. So it's not only like the best and most inspirational stories, but it's also like really, really good business tips. Um, So the first question that I have really gathered a lot 
especially in a time like this, is that um, obviously in a time like this where we're not physically able to work, a lot of people are pivoting. And this is something that I've kind of preached out before all of this stuff even happened is it's really important to just have some sort of money working for you. But a lot of people are pivoting and they are wanting to know about um, doing stuff online, like how to work from home. We're obviously getting used to doing stuff like that. And um, I just wanted to go over and ask you why it, you think it's so important to do that. Yeah, for sure. So. I guess I would start with an overview like this. Uh, we live in a day and age, and I think this was proven really quickly the past few months, that you must have multiple income sources. And you must live as though if one income source went away, no matter which one it was, you wouldn't have to change your lifestyle tomorrow. So that's the end goal. And I know not everyone's there right now, and I know that not everyone's gonna get there tomorrow, but you have to have the end goal in mind to know where you're going and what you're building towards. So first and foremost, multiple sources and live your life, do your budget, build those sources so that if one went away, even the biggest one, you don't have to change your lifestyle tomorrow. That's how you set yourself up to be safe for the most unexpected things that life has to offer, such as this COVID situation, right? I doubt any of us saw that coming. Now to take that rule a step further though, you can't just go out and start building three income sources right away, especially if you want to move online. You need to take one and put everything you've got into it. And you need to like give it 110% and go as deep as you can to build as much momentum as you can. And then and only then do you reinvest the lessons, the money, the momentum, the audience, um, everything from that first one that has momentum into building the second one. Because now the second one goes much faster and much easier. Do the same thing, take that second one as deep and far as you can, get it like full momentum where it's running down the hill on its own, then reinvest once again, the audience, the lessons, the money, the clients from that one into the third one. And when you do it that way, you'll get to this goal instead of feeling like you're chasing three different things at once or two different things at once and you're never gonna catch them because they're going in different directions and you only have so much time, you have so much energy, you have so much money and when you kind of scatter it all everywhere, you don't make any real progress on anything. And then part of that end goal when it comes to these income sources is to, while you're building these, make sure that one of them is passive or residual, meaning it's gonna pay you while you're sleeping, it's gonna pay you while you take a vacation, it's gonna pay you um, if you have to take six months off or if you're injured or if you're sick, or even if you're just sick and tired of working for a while, that's passive or residual. Make sure one of them is fully in your control from start to finish. What I mean by that is there's a lot of people out there with great incomes, let's say an affiliate marketing income, but it, they're not fully in control of it because even though you're doing the selling and you've built the audience, if one bad batch of product goes out, now you're kind of dead in the water, no matter how much work you put into it. And then lastly, make sure one of them is built solely around your skill sets, meaning this is what I am best at. This is what I am known for. And I can always fall back to this one if the shit hits the fan in the world. And when you build your three income sources that way, there's not a situation that's going to be able to take you down. And Lori, that's my wife. You'll hear me reference her a lot. Lori and I, as it stands today, have like eight different income sources. And if any one of them went away, nothing changes tomorrow. And that's why through this COVID thing, we've been okay. But last time we went through a crisis economy, 2008, 2009, because we were on the other end of the spectrum. Like the reason I came up with this policy for my life is because I was the only income earner back then. And we had all of our eggs in one basket. And guess what? Made a ton of money back then. But I was in banking. And when the banking recession hit, my income dried up and we were living way beyond our means. So I was violating both sides of my rules, right? I didn't have multiple, side, multiple sources of income and I wasn't living in within a budget where if one of those sources went away, I wouldn't have to change my lifestyle tomorrow. And guys, when the music stopped, I was left holding a bag, a bag full of, am I allowed to swear in here? Because I swear a lot. Like a bag full of shit, a bag full of debt, a bag full of bad decisions, and a bag full of useless things. And we've all, not all of us, but some of us, many of us get caught up in that one stage of life where we just buy useless things because it fills some kind of gap or fills some kind of ego for us, right? And that's okay. Like this is a safe space, no judgment. That's just where I was back then. And when the music stopped, 
we had to get rid of everything. And I mean, every, like this beautiful brand new home that we had just built, uh, the cars, the bags, the shoes, everything and start over. We had to put everything on Craigslist and watch as car after car, person after person lined up, came through the house, bargained for the couch, bargained for the, the grill, bargained for the art, bargained for Lori's bags and walked out with our stuff while the neighbors looked on judgingly. But I'll tell you, although it didn't feel good, although it didn't feel like I had options, although um, it's certainly not ideal, and I'm not gonna convince any of you if you're in a tough spot right now, that it's supposed to feel good. I can assure you that you'll look back on this moment with incredible fondness and gratitude that you were given the chance to choose again, to build again, to show up how you wanna show up this time, given that back against the wall type of urgency, because there's really two types of us on this call right now. There's the type that has their back against the wall. So you're working from a place of like sheer anger and like hurt. And like, um, if you don't do something, you're going to continue to be in pain. And that's super motivating. But then the other type of person on the call is someone who is already doing pretty well. Now, if I asked you, which spot would you rather be in? Most people would say, I want to be in the spot where I'm doing pretty well. So the problem with that is good as the enemy of great. Right. And so when you wonder why things have stalled, when you wonder why you're not happy, when you wonder why you can't get any traction when things are well, it's because that pain point of having your back against the wall, it's no longer there. And that's a really important fuel. So I'm not advocating that you go and you put yourself in that position again. But what I am saying is you need to, if you're in a position of good right now, and you don't have that fuel from your back being against the wall, like we did back then, then you need to manufacture pain points. That's what I call it right? New tangible goals that mean so much to you that is painful that you're not there yet. Someone you're going to help when you get there and it's painful that you can't help them right now. Um, sur surrounding yourself with other people that will point out that, hey, you're doing well, but you're nowhere near where you're, you're capable of going. Those are all, that's manufacturing pain points to give you that fuel and to give you that urgency again, because without urgency, you're not going to do the tough things, the scary things, the things where you have to set your ego aside to get where you really want to go. And so to put a bow on this, Anita, the whole multiple income sources policy that was created from that moment when Lori and I had our backs against the wall and had to choose again and had to start over. And anything I teach today, I promise you the strategy, the ideas, the policies, it comes from that place where I know what it's like to build below zero and take your business online, not from the place where we are today. Oh, so many good things. Like I, I think that that was the number one, um, thing that I learned when I first started listening to your podcast is that like, if everything were to completely stop, would I be okay? Mm -hmm. And that was something that really started clicking for me when I started listening to you. Um, I like how you talk about how um, building one thing first. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times, especially in the beauty industry, we, you know, if I say I'm a makeup artist, somebody will automatically say like, oh, you're a cosmetologist. So you must do hair and you must do nails and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's not necessarily um, really going to like, like how you always preach about scattered focus equals scattered results. And I think so many people have this idea that I need to do everything when they don't really master doing one thing. So I like how you really um, implemented that. Um, so Can I speak on that real quick. Because it's really important. So all industries have a different identity, right? When I speak to different industries, I see different trends. Your industry, this is a massive trend where everybody is a jack of all trades and does a little bit of a lot of things in order to piece together what they think is a good income. And the problem with that is, what do you run out of? You run out of time and you run out of energy and you can no longer scale and you burn out and you burn out doing the thing that you originally got into this thing that you loved. And it comes from a place of scarcity of what if I don't do all the hustles, then I'm not going to be able to have this lifestyle. I understand that concern, but the reason why you burn out, the reason why you don't get ahead is because you don't choose one thing and like be the end all master of scaling that one thing, no matter what your one thing is. After you've done that, remember now you have permission to do the second and then the third. But if you guys want to break through it, if you want to stop being the master of of 50 different things where you're collecting a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there and a little bit there. And you're just absolutely worn out by trying to have a sustainable or good lifestyle. That's why is you, and it's not your fault. This is the craziest part. You only do what you've seen done by the people who went first. And so when you learn from other people in your industry, there's probably very few advocates for choose one lane and go really freaking deep with it. Be the best in that one lane. 
Instead, I bet you're getting a lot of advice like, hey, if you can do this, did you know you can also do this on the weekends? And did you also know you can do this? And did you also know you can do this? And before you know it, you're just trying to piece together all these things and you're doing 10% of, of 50 things instead of 100% of a couple. And so when you operate that way, the new up and coming man or woman in your industry, they see that and they think that's the way they have to operate to make ends meet. And it becomes a accidental chain of bad examples. And so it's gonna take one of you to do it right and to have the, to have the courage to not do all the hustles, but to prove that doing one and doing it really well will scale better. And then that'll give someone else watching the courage. And then that'll give someone, and before you know, as an industry, you guys will stop perpetuating this sweaty hustle that you all do. Yes, I love that you say that because again, like I said before, like I'm very, you know, feminine energy, woo, see it before you um, receive it. But like, it's very true. Like what you said, like a lot of people just don't believe that they can just do one thing. And that's why I truly believe I'm like, yes, there are a million things. Like I can give you every single way that you can make money right now. But if you're not aligned with whatever it is that you're going to do, you're just going to get burnt out. So having all that, that, um, information there. And, uh, I know we talk about squirrel brain a lot <laughs> or what, what would we say at the maximum where you're just going to get so many, um, things that you scatter focus doing, but yes. And, um, I, this kind of leads me to my next question. Cause I, I get this question a lot is that, especially when we're talking about just niching down and, you know, going all in in one thing, a lot of people, think with hourly rate. So I think a lot of people say when I do different services and all of these things, like if I do a dramatic look, I should price it different than a natural glam look. But really, I don't think a lot of people understand when it comes to that people are paying for your time. And um, so I just wanted, I know you have an amazing structure when it comes to getting your hourly rate. And I just want to see if you could touch on that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. This is such an important thing. When you actually know your hourly worth, then Every decision, you know, you know that saying like, once I see it, I can't unsee it. It's the same thing with your hourly worth. Like once you know it, you can't unknow it. And this changes every decision you make going forward. Every time you quote a price, every person you say yes to working with or not. And so here's the, I'll start with the formula and then we'll work our way backwards a little bit. And, and by the way, I invite you guys just to try some of these things on for size. If it's not a fit, no problem. But if you are just willing to try it on for size to see if it's a fit instead of being like, Oh, that's crazy. Oh, that's not for me. Oh, that's unrealistic. Then under the premise of you don't know what you don't know, you might find something that'll change your life. Right? So hang with me here. Here's the formula. Um, take what you want to make for the year, that total number. Like I want to make a hundred grand. I want to make 500 grand. I want to make a million, whatever your number is. Okay. I want you to divide it by the number of weeks that you are willing to put in work in that year. And hopefully it's not 52 weeks because that's not a life. Hopefully it's 48 weeks, 46 weeks, 40, whatever your number is. So uh, income goal divided by number of weeks that you're willing to work divided by the number of days per week you're willing to work. If it's seven, you do you. Hopefully it's six, hopefully it's five. If it's three, you do you. And that's what's great is this formula works for everybody. Divided by the number of hours per day you choose to put in. There's some people that thrive off of 12 hour days and there's other people that just want to work a four hour day. So let me repeat the formula. Annual goal divided by number of weeks you want to work divided by number of days per week you want to work on average divided by number of hours per day you want to work on average. And that gives you your hourly worth. And once you have this number, pretend that number is 200 bucks an hour and your annual goal was 350 to 400 grand, right? Now, when you've got this number, Every single time you say yes to a job that's paying you below that number, you are purposely pulling yourself away from hitting that goal that you said meant a lot to you. And at first it seems innocent. Okay, fine. I'll take this one job. And then the next week, okay, fine. I'll take that one too. And then the next week, okay, I'll take that. And before you know it, you yourself have purposely pulled yourself away from this number that you said was so important for you to hit by the end of the year. And you wonder, why can't I ever hit this number? It's because you're making decisions from an uninformed place of not protecting your value. Now, here's the transitional part. When you start protecting your value at first, there's going to be some people that say, who does she think she is? There's going to be some people that say, that's absurd. Why would I pay that? There's going to be some people that say, oh, I'm going across town. 
And that's the transitional part. And this is also why a lot of people never quite make it to that life that they want is because transition doesn't feel good. People think they don't like change. People love change. Change is the end result. It's the transition that feels like shit. Standing up for your value, requoting, finding a different client. That's the transitional part that feels like shit or that scares you. But when you stand up for your value, then here's what happens. You start to find one person that agrees to it. And then they refer you to another person. And the way that they refer you is no longer, oh, you got to work with Anita. She is so good. And she is such a bargain. Because that's, by the way, that's how people are referring you right now. Oh, you got to work with Amber. That chick is freaking awesome. And she's so cheap. And now guess what happens when you go and try and quote a decent price? They're like, wait, I thought this chick was cheap. Like what happened here? So it's working. Your, your referrals are working against you on accident. So that means when you find that one client that sees your value, when they refer you, now the referral sounds like this. You've got to work with my girl, Anita. She's absolutely incredible, the best in the world. She's going to make you pay for it, but there's nobody better. And now they're prepared for your value. And it starts a positive referral spiral that works in your favor instead of a negative referral spiral that is always working against you and beats you up every time you quote a job, quote a price, or say yes to, to working with somebody. That, does that make sense, Anita? Oh, that's so good. I love, I love how you give like the most practical, like this is exactly what happens. Uh, I like, I, I, on, my, on my podcast, I give like a practical reason why, and then I give a, like a woo reason why, but the woo reason side of that is because like when you start making that transition and then people say, oh, she's too much, oh, she's too much, and you go through that transition, it's actually a test, I believe. Yep. Of like, are, are you really willing, are you ready to start living up this higher level? And so I actually get really excited when I get people like that, because it's not only showing people, showing that people are paying attention to me, but it's also showing me that, um, you know, I'm getting tested because I'm about to up level. So I like how you touched on that. And then the other thing about the hourly rate that I wanted to point out is because um, I'm all for collaborations and working for free and like I'm 110% worth it. But when you know your hourly rate, it's a lot more, um, you're getting an equal energy exchange, like from other people who are at another level at you. Like if I've been working in the industry for, uh, 20 years and I'm doing a collaboration with somebody who maybe, um, you know, just started and not saying that that's bad or anything, but when you know your hourly rate, it definitely helps you get that equal uh, energy exchange. And, I also talk about the military a lot. A lot of people ask me about uh, why I'm getting out of the military. And that's something, this, this structure is what I, the reason why I'm getting out because I work 12 hours a day doing something that I do not like. And I'm also there for three days. And it's like, when you know your hourly rate and I only get paid maybe $300 to be there, then you can see if I was actually working my, my rate that I charge working that many hours. Right. So like, that's what I time is money. And so I, I really love how you just touched on all the things because, um, so would you say that this rate goes for just not only like doing makeup, but like for products and courses and like, I know a lot of people are pivoting to. Yeah, so. for sure. I mean, listen, the, first of all, it goes without saying the value has to be there. You can't be like, I'm a thousand dollars an hour and you absolutely suck. And everybody leaves with like a clown face, right? Like, let's at least say the baseline is you have to know that you bring value to the table. But assuming that we all agree to that, then the answer is yes. And this will be powerful, powerful for a lot of people. If you right now are having the thoughts of no, no way, this is not possible. I couldn't double my rate. I talk to customers every single day and I know that not one of them would take it. I understand that's real to you and that is real to you, but that's because that's your paradigm. And our paradigms, ooh, they're powerful. So our, par our paradigms are simply made up of our life's experiences, what we have experienced, what we have heard, what we have seen. And if you want a different paradigm, one of, oh yeah, people will say yes to that rate, no problem. Then you need to go change the experiences you're having, the people you're hanging around, the customers that you are pitching. And that'll start to change your paradigm as you build evidence that, wait a minute, I can't believe they said yes to this rate. You guys ever do that? You can quote a job like, holy shit, I can't believe that they said yes. And you're like trying not to, to be giddy about it. That's what'll start to happen. And that starts to change your paradigm. Here's a great example right now. 
while we're in this crisis economy and all the crazy shit's happening, there's two different paradigms out there. Um, I hear thousands of people saying, everyone's broke, everyone's laid off, no one's spending any money, nobody has work, and that's real to them. It is their paradigm. They're not wrong, but they're not right either. Because at the same time, my paradigm and everybody I know is like taking advantage of opportunities left and right, sitting on a pile of cash, absolutely excited that the world's on sale and coming up with new products that are crushing it. Now, my view, my paradigm, it's not wrong, but it's also not right either. Yours is not wrong or right. Mine is not wrong or right. All of the above exist at the exact same time. So what does that mean? It means you need to change the propaganda that you're getting right now that is forming your paradigm and purposely seek out new propaganda. I call it positive propaganda to reinforce a new paradigm that you want to be truth for you. And when you do that, I promise you, you'll start to get the yeses. You'll start to have these things happen. You won't believe it at first. And before you know it, you're going to be running in that crowd. It's like, what do you mean? No, I'm spending money. Everyone I know is spending money. I just got my highest paying job yet. Yes, I love that. It's so, it's so true. Uh, trying to hit on all these questions so I can open up to you guys. Um, a, a big question that I get all of the time, and I know you're going through a rebrand too, so this is kind of like an interesting um, thing as well. So a lot of people ask me just about marketing and how to market themselves and building their brand. That's like the number one question I get, and I don't think people really understand um, the value of niching down when you're first starting. So, um, yeah, I'll totally. Okay. Listen, if you guys are building a brand right now and everybody, whether you like it or not, you're a brand. And I think this type of, of group actually gets that more than other groups. So, um, the most important asset that you could possibly have is attention. I repeat that the most important asset you could possibly have is attention and the more of it, the better, because with a large audience and a lot of attention, you can, literally create and build and monetize anything you want. Small audience, buyers might not be in there. Big audience, enough buyers are guaranteed to be in there. So part of branding is how much free content can you put out there that is mind blowing in order to earn the eyes and earn the trust of everybody that is about to become part of your audience. So in the Anita, in our elite mastermind, we've spent the whole year working on audience acquisition. And it really boils down to just a couple of things. You guys need to, he or she, that gives the most quality free content will win every single time. Tutorials that are so good that people share them, that'll build your audience. How to's, that'll build your audience. Epic before and afters, that'll build your audience. It's stuff that, Everybody measures the wrong metrics. They measure likes and comments. And while that helps the algorithm expose your post at first to more people, it's actually quite irrelevant. It's just for ego. Here's why. The metrics you really need to measure in every single thing that you put out there are shares and mentions. Because when somebody shares your content or when somebody mentions you, that is to a whole new audience, a whole new set of eyes that comes to look and say, okay, what's this Anita chick all about? And like, oh, damn, this shit's really awesome. And they click follow. And that's the third part. You got to be follow, follow worthy. So he or she that puts out the most quality, I don't mean most quality, I mean most comma quality content wins 100% of the time. What you guys need to be striving for is shares and mentions and nothing else. So game all of your content to be shareable. Make all your decisions to get mentions. Like I know I'll get mentions after this thing. That's brand new audience that the, then comes and follows, right? Um, and when you drive everybody to whatever platform that you love being on, because I don't believe that there's one good platform, it's whatever one you show up the best on, then you need to make sure that when they get there, your stuff truly is follow worthy. That you didn't just get lucky with one good tutorial and they get there and it's a whole bunch of pictures of like your dog playing in the backyard. When you decide, and by the way, there's plenty of dog pictures on mine. So I'm not saying it can't be there. What I'm saying is when somebody lands on your platform, it needs to be unmistakable that the value that brought them there to check it out is there 
in mass. Because if, if you use an awesome tutorial to attract someone to their, your platform and they get there and there's, there's no more, they didn't get what they came looking for. Like you used one form of bait to bring them to a place that has no more of that bait. And so it's no wonder that they don't click follow. So when you put all those things together, that will amass audience. And when you have attention, you can shift, you can create, you can sell, you can create impact. You can do anything in the world you want with enough eyes and ears. Yes, I love that because it really touches on everything in the beauty industry. Like, of course, with um, tutorials, if you're wanting to do services right now, if you're switching to teaching, whether you're doing workshops and you're teaching people how to do makeup or a lot, I see a lot of people who are pivoting, doing coaching. I think every, that really just applies to like everything. So I, I love, love, love that. Uh, the last question I get before I start turning it over to everybody else um, was, was about physical product. I have a lot of people who are um, either have lash lines or cosmetics or um, just product in hand. And I just wanted to talk a little bit of overhead and like how they can be the most profitable. And I know, um, of course, collaboration, 110% on for it. But um, I just wanted to see like, what's your best take on how to promote product and um, collaborations with it. I love um, physical product because it's easier to sell than things like courses or information or motivation or anything like that, right? Because it's a physical product. It's very easy for some, someone to make a decision. Oh, that looks cool. It's for me or it's not. And the whole key to sales is making it easy for someone to say that is for me or, or it's not. And where people go wrong is they try to make their product. They try to make it appealing to everybody. You never will. So you're, you're actually choosing a battle you can't win. Instead, you want to make it so de divisive, so niche, so almost polarizing that people are automatically drawn into, oh, that is totally for me or that is not for me at all. And the faster of a decision they can make, the more buyers you're going to end up find finding. And it's your job to just get in front of more eyes to allow those eyes to make decisions. Now, when it comes to promoting physical product, there is no replacement in, in my mind right now. There's no replacement for micro-influencer campaigns. And here's the problem. Mega-influencers might seem sexy or exciting if you can get them to use it, but their following gets so watered down due to voyeurism that you're better off putting together a micro-influencer campaign where their following is still truly there because they like and resonate with that person. I'll give you an example. Somebody has a million followers. Someone comes across that person's platform with a million followers. They click like not because they love what that person represents many times. They click like because, oh, this person must be significant. And if I don't click like, I must be missing out on something significant they must say or do. That's voyeurism. Oh, this person's significant. I just want to watch them. And so when that person shouts out your product, sure, you're going to get some sales, but not like what you think. Not like what you think. You're better off putting together a micro-influencer campaign where all of the following is super engaged, super real to what they represent. It's very targeted and you'll move a ton of product that way. The second thing is if you can put together a, um, uh, an affiliate program. Affiliate programs are especially in a crisis economy. The best thing in the world that you could possibly put together, here's why. Um, and I'll you know, address affiliate programs specifically to physical products in a minute. But the reason why is in a crisis economy, as of last week, 40 million people came home without jobs, right? The jobless claims, at, at least in the US. And those are people that are now looking for brand new ways to make ends meet from home. How am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to buy the groceries? How am I going to you know, supplement my unemployment check and what I used to make? And when they've got an audience, big or small, and they resonate with your physical product, when they know they get a slice of that sale, they're going to go all out trying to sell your product for you. Now, what happens when they do? Number one, they move product for you. First and foremost, yay. But number two, their audience becomes yours because they're edifying you and they're edifying your product. And now you'll be able to resell to their audience forever. And the key to physical products, this will feel counterintuitive to some of you. The key to physical products and moving those with affiliates is to make that first sale one where they're, they, the affiliate, is getting way more profit than you. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but here's why. 
you got to think about the lifetime value of a customer, especially if it's a product that's consumable, where they're going to be on some kind of auto ship or monthly purchase. If you can incentivize the affiliate with a big enough reward up front that makes them actually want to go talk about it more, want to push it more, then they get the first sale for you. And now the hard work's done. As long as it's a good product, every other sale will keep on coming. And you're able to either give them a 10%, a 20% smaller percentage of those ongoing sales or nothing in some cases. So it's all about incentivizing the first sale. I call it a loss leader. Even if you're going to break even, even if you're going to take a little loss, it's like taking that little bit of a loss to buy a customer that'll have a lifetime value. And here's a really a, a tangible example. I'll give you two of them. Uh, my friend Drew Canoli, he owns a company called Organifi. It's healthy supplements. And, um, oh good, Amber knows it. He'll incentivize his affiliates. He's built that whole company, $400 million company. He's built the whole company on um, affiliates. And he will incentivize the affiliate to the point where he's breaking even or losing money on that first canister of gold or that first canister of greens because there has to be a big enough reward in it for the affiliate to actually want to go out and do all the work to create that sale. But then Drew knows that once that person gets that, he's going to remarket to them, put them on auto ship, and he's going to get the majority of every single sale after that. Now he gives an ongoing split of his affiliates for life, but he's getting the bigger end of the split after someone else did the hard work and got the, the majority of the first one. That's example number one. Example number two is this. Um, when it comes to knowing your lifetime value of your customer, it's not about the first sales, but how many things they will buy from you over the course of the lifetime of being your customer on average. And so when my wife had her online fitness program it was $59 a month, but we would incentivize all of the women in there with a hundred dollar referral. If they referred anyone who signed up now, why would we give a hundred dollars for somebody that signed up? on a $59 product because we knew our numbers, know your data guys. We knew that our average retention was five and a half months, almost six. So six times 59 is approximately $350. We're happy to trade hundred bucks for $350 if you're playing the long game every single time. But then it got better than that. We also knew that they would buy an event ticket or that they would buy this or that they would buy that. And our, lifetime value of a customer that was brought in through an affiliate through the fitness program was $758 that they would spend with us over the lifetime. So would you trade hundred bucks for $758? Absolutely. Every single time I would take that deal. That's why affiliate marketing, you need to give the larger incentive at first to the person doing all the work and then they become your audience. That was a big rant. Does that help Anita? Oh my gosh, that helps so much. It actually like put a lot of light bulbs for not only just physical products, but also just makeup clients and stuff in general. Um, that's actually a structure that I use a lot, but this is, I know you guys hear me talk about like I'm tapping into a billion dollar industry, but this is exactly what I mean. Like I, I can't preach it enough. Like if I'm referring like this sunscreen, like I'm going to be getting my 10% because again, for me, like when I like something, I just stick with it. And like he said, like I'm a forever client of someone that I really truly love no matter, um, you know, if you truly, align with whoever it is that you're working with. And I, I think this is an amazing structure for not only like if you're selling how, how we talked about how, um, spending money to make money. This is the really good example, how we use the hundred dollars or three fifty for a hundred dollars, because that's exactly what people are doing in from micro influencing. Um, like he said before, like people with really big following, it also goes with algorithm, like, they don't have as much engagement, even though they have a lot of followers. So somebody with maybe like, you know, under 10,000 or whatever, would be really good to have someone work with you and do, having do that work for you. And I like how you said having someone to be an affiliate for you was more beneficial to the other person because you're getting, you're not doing the hard work anymore. And that's something that we were talking about with time is money. It's like, this is an example of the passive income that we're talking about. Like you, you did that work in the, in the beginning. And this is a lot of what I've been doing right now, since we have all this free time, because now everything's opening up and we don't know exactly like, Oh, we're going to go back to doing services and services. But like you said before, like, it's really important to get those, um, 
those set in stone things working for you right now and build that and then switch over to like the next thing that you're building. And so that way, if, if you guys missed the beginning of this call, he said to have multiple streams of income. And if one were to go away, that you would still be okay. And this is the number one structure that I'm using for just everything in my business. So I like how you touched on it with uh, products, but I, I do believe that this is an amazing structure just for everything. Um, when it comes to whether you are, you actually are, you have the products or you're just working with somebody else. So that's what I've been doing right now is just working with other people who have products that I truly 110% stand behind and I'm going to be using them and referring them. So yeah. That Anita, was Anita, let me speak to that real quick. Some of you might know my friend, Angie Lee, she has stopped making products other than her soul CBD. That's a separate company. All she is, is an affiliate for everyone else's products now. And because she built audience and has attention, she's making a killing doing it. So none of you have a bigger, as, as big of a barrier to entry as what you think. You, the product doesn't need to be yours. It just needs to be one that you love and you'd be an affiliate. The audience doesn't need to be yours. You can then go collaborate and tap into other people's audiences. And one of the best hacks is this. If you guys would go work with the, what I call the forgotten influencers and the forgotten podcasters. These are people not with the big shows where they're always hit up to sell stuff. These are the people that are up and coming and they're like, dang it. Why doesn't anyone ask me to sell anything? Why, why can't I monetize my podcast? I know it's early. I know it's small. Why can't I monetize my audience? I know it's early. I know it's small. There's, they have so much pent up demand to have someone come along and ask them be like, Hey, I'll give you $10 an episode. If you put this bumper on about my product, or I'll give you this much per sale. If you put a bumper on every single show about my product that they're, they do it just because they're flattered. So you're actually getting way below average advertising rates by going to the forgotten influencers and the forgotten podcasters and saying, Hey, let me give you a little rip. And all you have to do is put a bumper on every single episode that you do. So you're going to move a ton of product and they're going to be happy to do it because nobody else is asking them to do it. And you're going to be moving it at a way cheaper rate than if you went to the big podcast or the big influencers. Alrighty guys, if you were listening to this audio right now, that means you made it to the end of this podcast episode. And I still get shook when I hear this episode because so many things still apply today. And the last thing I want to talk about before you guys leave this podcast episode today is quantum leaping. So you just heard all of this amazing information from a multi-millionaire guys. And when I tell you guys, when I joined this mastermind, I quantum leaped. And so I talk about this a lot in my podcast, but I want to give you a little debunk on it real fast. So quantum leaping is when you step into a version of yourself that already has every single thing that you want or desire, and you operate from that version of yourself opposed to where you're at right now. So this is quantum physics, guys. Stick with me. And if you haven't heard the episode with Kathleen, she went from $3,000 a month to $300,000 a month because she knows this about quantum physics. So long story short, when you start to operate from the version of yourself that already has every single thing that you want or desire and make decisions from that person, then you will automatically start to attract everything to make that your reality. So you will skip all of the hard years of trial and error and trial and error, and you'll just go into this version of you that already has it. And the reason why I'm pointing this out is because I quantum leaped. I quantum leaped in this process when I joined this mastermind. I skipped so many years on the timeline because I made decisions off what my highest version of my self would be doing, not how much money I had. And when you make decisions out of this version of yourself, you become a vibrational match to every single thing that you want or desire. So everything started shifting for me in this paradigm because of who I was hanging around, how I was educated. I was motivated. I was moving. There were people holding me accountable. I had a coach working with me, two coaches actually. And it was just such a massive shift in six 
months, guys. And I got actually pretty lucky because it got extended because of COVID-19. And I just wouldn't trade it for the world. Any of the relationships that I have right now, I'm actually getting ready to go to Turks and Caicos. Bro, what? With some of the girls that I met from the mastermind. And these relationships truly, truly last forever. So Chris Harder and Lori Harder are actually getting ready to relaunch Fast Foundations, the mastermind that I joined, all this whole entire thing of how everything started for me on March 30th. And so the second that I heard about this, I didn't have a guest for this upcoming week. And I was like, oh, well, that's easy. I just need to bring Chris back up to the surface because one, this episode needs to be heard again. And then also just brings it to the surface whoever feels called to do the same, to get around people who are truly, truly going to shift your reality. So again, they are relaunching this program, Fast Foundations, March 30th. In 2021, yes, you're listening to this right now for a reason, and they only keep the doors open for a short amount of time. I honestly don't even have a number because as soon as their spots fill up, they close everything. So if you even have a slight urge to be in this group, make sure you get on their wait list right now. So their doors open on third on Tuesday the 30th, and then they're only going to be open for a short amount of time. I'm guessing maybe like 10 days. I feel like that's how small the window is. It might be even less, but I just wanted to put this out there for you guys and be that manifestation for you if this is something that you get you feel called to do. So if this is for you, go to the show notes and get on the wait list. I have the link there. Tune into Chris's podcast. You're literally going to have a huge paradigm shift when you get around these people. So thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. Thank you, Chris and Lori and everybody that I met in this mastermind who has really, really helped me with throughout this process. And I hope you guys have a blessed rest of your day. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Makeup Mentor Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, if it helped educate you, or it just changed your perspective in any way, shape, or form, please stop what you're doing right now. Take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at the Makeup Mentor Podcast, and you will be rewarded with a free journal prompt just for sharing. Or you can head over to my website and learn about working with me one-on-one, breaking down those money blocks, taking your business to the next level, and possibly even being a guest on the show. Thank you guys again so much for listening to this episode and we will see you next week.